If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Good Monday. Good Monday to all of you. Good to be back with you. Oh, it's heating up, baby. Heating up. Well, July 11th. Now we enter that mid-June stage. I mean, mid-July stage. You can feel the football. You can feel the football in the air. It's right. It's just, it's smothering you. Which is a good thing. By the way, I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Uh, he is back. Uh, just in time to uh, to be in that studio uh, where Director Matthew was with COVID. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Uh, welcome back, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Doing good. Good to have you back. Yeah, good to be um, here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry yeah. if you hear some remnants of a New York accent. Mm-hmm. When you're around family for a week and they talk like they're in Goodfellas. I was you know. in Ireland for two weeks once and you would have thought I was Irish when I left. <laughs> I ended, ended everything with a question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it happens. It happens. But Director Matthew is with us uh, from the Hizzy, uh, where he is uh, directing the proceedings here on the Jeff Cameron Show. It is good to be with you, and I say that sincerely. I mean that every day, but I, I'm really feeling uh, more excited with every day that passes uh, because of all that, that that's going on right now. And in fact, let me get out in front of this right now if you're just joining in on the chat. If you're watching on War Chant TV... Make sure you like and subscribe. Uh, also, make sure you're locked in on all the podcasts, the Jeff Cameron Show podcast on the War Chant Network, on the podcast network. You want to be make sure you're subscribed to that. Uh, it's important. Uh, and and the same is true for Wake Up War Chant and Seminole Headlines. Uh, but but just get, get your house in order, all right? Get your house in order. It's about to be football season. Get your house in order. Get subscribed and locked into the things that you need to be subscribing. Supposed to win. <laughs> little Magic Johnson came out. Um, so let's go. Let's go. And, and uh, you know, the other thing is we have perhaps we're crossing our fingers here, man. This opening segment is uh, kind of touch and go. I'm not going to, like, launch into any long diatribe about anything just yet because we are we're waiting word from four-star offensive tackle Lucas Simmons. Now, Lucas Simmons, if you haven't been following recruiting, I know most of you hardcores have, of course. But for those that don't, you're just driving about town, tuning into the wildly popular Jeff Cameron show, and you do, what, what's he going to talk about today? Well, let me tell you, Lucas Simmons is a grown-ass man. Now, this is, you know how it's been an eternal quest for Florida State to find legitimate tackles? How we've been waiting for a very long time 
to get a guy that fits uh, the mold of a legitimate offensive tackle? Well, Lucas Simmons is that. He's six foot seven, three hundred pounds, and he just committed to Florida State University. Bam! All right, that's a big hand. Just like that, it has happened. All right, that's a big hand. Woo! Come on in, Lucas. Come on. There it is. Thank you, Ryan. I see you in the chat. Yes, that is a big man. Oh, man, have I waited for this day. Here you go. Lucas Simmons, the big offensive tackle out of Clearwater, six foot seven, 300 pounds, and skilled. Now, let me tell you, this isn't one of those, oh, you got it, you, a, a guy that fits the mold because of the measurables. No, no, this is something, this is a guy every, let me tell you who was in on Lucas Simmons. First of all, we beat out the University of Florida. We beat out, which is important, we beat out Miami. We beat out Michigan. We beat out Oklahoma. We beat out Oklahoma State, whom he visited. We beat out Oregon. We beat out Tennessee, whom he visited. Texas A&M. Ohio State, whom he visited. Southern Cal. I mean, that's a list now. When you're beating Florida, Oklahoma, USC, Ohio State, Texas A&M, Miami, Michigan. You're beating out some teams. There's a whole host of others. There's a whole host of others. But we got them. Um, And that is a really, really big move. Now, let me tell you something. I I have said this for how long, and I don't know that I can uh, (laughs) reiterate this enough, emphasize this enough. Whatever they're paying Alex Atkins, it ain't enough. That is the man. All right, that's Just a have man. that's right. Just have the picture of Alex Atkins smoking a cigar on hand at all times. Cause that dude. I mean, this is how many now? How many now? He is unbelievable. Yeah, Robert, I'll buy one of those. I'll buy a shirt. Print them. Let's go. Now, I mean, you know, if you had a bunch of Alex Adkins, you'd really be in good shape, but you don't. You got that guy. And that guy's doing that guy's doing work. Some of the other guys need to get on with the getting and do a little work too. Okay, because we're we're lacking in some areas. But thank goodness that they got that guy. And um, that's a listen, congratulations. Uh Mike Norvell and staff needed this. We've been waiting on this. This is a skilled big man. This is 6'7", 300 pounds, but can bend, can move, good feet. This is the kind of guy that changes games. This is the kind of guy we've been waiting on for them to be able to bring in. So big news today right at the start of the Jeff Cameron Show and that we got Lucas Simmons. And we knew the announcement was going to come down right in this opening segment. And so we're, we're, we're efforting right now to bring in Michael Langston, our uh, lead recruiting analyst. And uh, we'll, we'll get him in shortly. I think what we should do is maybe take a quick break, Tom, and then come back and we'll corral Michael Langston. Now that the announcement's been made, now that we know he's coming to Florida State, the impact in recruiting, the impact on this class, 
the impact of Alex Atkins. And then let's not overlook something. And this might be the first question I ask him when we come back. What does that say? Now, you, you heard the names of the teams that Florida State just beat out. What do those teams have in common besides big boy football? Yeah. NIL. Tons of it. Throwing cash all over the place. Southern Cal, Texas A&M, although Jimbo swears it's never been done. I don't cheat and I don't lie. Miami, all these schools that are just throwing money into the NIL big time to win over and flip prospects. Well, Florida State just beat him out for this kid. What does that say about Florida State and how buttoned up and organized perhaps they are with NIL finally? We've been waiting. We've been waiting. But it may very well be. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Kemper, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday, everybody. Hope your week's starting off well. Appreciate you joining us. We're going to get right to it uh, because we are able to corral our man. Recruiting analyst, lead recruiting recruiting analyst for uh, War Chant, of course, is Michael Langston. He joins us now on the Jeff Cameron Show. After the news, if you guys are just joining us, after the big news that Lucas Simmons is indeed a knoll. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you, brother? I'm fantastic, man. Uh, offensive tackle. Hey! How about it? Hey, it? we got one, and he's a real offensive tackle. No, he's he's a real good one, too. Uh, very skilled kid from, uh, you know, originally from Sweden, transferred over there to Clearwater International. Uh, but the guy that Alex Atkins has put so much effort in uh, from the beginning, um, FSU was on him the hardest. They did the best job. They they connected with his family, connected with the kid in a way that nobody else has. And as I've said before, Alex Atkins is a rock star when it comes to when you watch him coach, the way he way he connects with people. It's it's one thing coaching him, Jeff, but it's another thing how the kids respond to what you're teaching him. And with Alex, whether it's recruits or football players, um, he just nailed a, another big one, a big one. So his, I, I, I'm fortunate enough, Michael, you know, we, we're all out there. We cover this program and we watch these practices and we watch him specifically. He, you, we're all drawn to him to watch him, the way he coaches. My question for you is when you hear back from recruits about this connection, because that's a word we use a lot and it's obviously mm-hmm. huge in recruiting, but that real connection, where I think it – where it stands out to me, Michael, is when you notice that he's able to get on guys and say harsh things, and they'll listen and not take it personal because they know he loves them. They're connected. That's the bond that he creates where you can say any well within reason. You can say anything. Yeah, and I think the thing that he does what the best is he treats them like they're regular people, like he's one of their players. I mean, I've seen it in action in myself at more athletics center when I'm out there. He treats a lot of these recruits like they're already on the team, like he does his player. He's as hard on these recruits as he is, and he's genuine. He's real. He's not like some fake pitch where, hey, I want you to come here. You can kick ass at Florida State, and you're the best, and 
it's it's really like he doesn't he doesn't mind telling them straightforward like hey look if if you're not using your hands right your hand placement sucks your footwork is not good you do this this will help and he's not a big yeller when he does it he he gets it across in an easy way in a comfortable way that i think a lot of these families and these recruits just gravitate to this guy because uh I mean, if for people that haven't been around, I, I feel I feel so fortunate to be around Alex. Just seeing him interact with these recruits, it's like it's like poetry in motion when you watch him. Just the way he interacts with these guys, and it's so natural. It's not like a pitch. It's like naturally comfortable, and these recruits are naturally comfortable when they're around him. Whether you meet them for the first time or you spend a lot and get a strong relationship like he did with that, uh, with like he did with Simmons, where he was on him before anybody. But uh, it's about what you do with that relationship. You can have the connection, but what do you do? How does that? How does that relationship evolve? And that's what Atkins does better than any, I think, offensive line coach out there. That the way the relationship grows so fast. You know, Michael. I just just before you came on. I was explaining to the audience that you know not only is this guy for real, but they beat out major players throughout college football for his services. And I want to point out, of course, that they just did this with Keldrick Falk. Yeah. And they beat out you know Auburn and Alabama. And, I mean, goodness gracious, uh, you know the the who's who. And when and, and and when you go back and you look at you know Falk and his commitment and Simmons' commitment now, and and Roderick Kearney, another four-star offensive right? They're beating out some big-time players. That brings me to NIL. Florida State was thought to be for a very long time, and maybe were, lagging behind in NIL. Is this an indication now that they've caught up, that they're organized? Yeah, I think it's an indication that it's organized, prepared. They take it very seriously. They're, They're... there's going to be guys that they value. Yeah, they're not going to value every single guy like you know all these crazy uh, you numbers, know, numbers yeah. for SEC teams. But they're going to – if there's a guy they value, like a Lucas Simmons, like a Keldra Falk, like certain guys that are really high on their radar, they're going to get it done. And, and uh, NIL is not going to be an issue with them. And, and they've certainly – as much dedication in the way they recruit, the you know, way the coaches recruit, the NIL has put that much dedication into the process of making sure the presentation is very strong, very comfortable, very uh, very fair and detailed, and, and, and they take a lot of pride in, in this doing this. And I think, yeah, they, they made a solid jump to what they were because it was not good you know, a year ago or so ago. So I think uh, I think they made uh, major major strides when it comes to the NIL NIL department. Yeah, and it, it it comes at a time where you're you're seeing the efforts to rededicate to football. We both know, and there's going to be a story coming out. I think Ira's going to write it, so I don't want to get into the details here. But we both know that there are some numbers that are going to let our fan base, the Florida State football fan base, know that Florida State is committed to football again. And it, it, it has to do with salaries for these coaches. It has to do with the additions to the staff with analysts. It has to do Michael Alford's efforts to make sure football is front and center in their efforts. You're seeing this now, and then you marry that with what we're talking about right here, the NIL, the organization, uh, the identity identification of certain players where that's going to be necessary and you're out dueling like we said a Florida a Southern Cal a Tennessee a Georgia and that's that's real significant progress it is and you're talking about you know the main competition was Tennessee 
I mean, Tennessee has done really good in the NIL department. So going competition head-to-head, I think it just needs to stop that conversation. Is and if is FSU doing what they need to do in NIL? I think you can pretty much <laughs> close that conversation that they are. They're certainly going to be competitive. I think a lot of, too, the positive with recruiting, too, is – is bringing in, uh, you know, getting your administration right with uh, a fantastic AD and Michael Alford. I think he's done a phenomenal job. I think that while it doesn't like, connect solely to recruiting, this helps a lot as far as your presentation, your organization of your, your university. And I think uh, having a guy and adding a guy like Alford is really gave FSU a lot of juice as far as uh, everything around of the university. Before I ask about other names that are on the radar of Florida State coaches and Florida State fans want to hear about whether we're talking about the Smothers kid or Nick, what I want to ask you this. Tell us about Simmons the player. Uh, you know, I said at the outset when you and I began talking, this is a real deal, a real tackle, and he's athletic. Go ahead and expound, if you will, on what you know of him as a player. Yeah, he's very unique. Uh, really just long reach i mean really really good range as far as in pass protection but the thing that caught my attention was kids footwork is got really quick feet uh you know you can have all the range you want if you don't get if you don't square up and you're not beating the guy to the punch you know there's guys that can get around you as far as that but his range is really good footwork jumps out to me and then the way he finishes i mean that's the thing that jumped out to me i was like usually i don't see guys that big you know that long usually they're kind of just finesse and he really finishes uh his block so i'm sure that's certainly caught fsu's attention i think i think this kid's a top 100 player i mean i think this kid if he keeps growing and developing you know this is a guy that you could talk about five star status down the line if he keeps developing but i definitely think he's a top 100 player um, I just think he fits everything to what FSU lacks, you know, as far as that <laughs> offensive tackle position. Yeah, you said it. I'm glad you said it. I say it all the damn time. Uh, <laughs> g- give me some other names here. Uh, so we, we know uh, we got to look ahead uh, and, and, and find out who else, what key decisions are on the horizon. I know you read a, wrote a piece about it on Warchant.com. Talk about some other players real quick that we should be listening out for. Yeah, quarterback Brock Glenn is is another one we're we're kind of way on. He's supposed to make a decision in either July or early August. FSU's done a tremendous job that with Coach Tokarts and Coach Norvell. They had him in for official visit on, uh, you know, just recently in in June. And I think they have a good shot. I think they have a solid shot. I think FSU feels they have a real shot. So I think he's coming up. Dalen Smothers is supposed to announce his commitment around July fourteenth. The key there, you know, I lean towards Oklahoma, but the key there is this mom is really tight with this FSU staff. She really loves, you know, what they do and how, how they approach things. So you never know how, how things can shift. But, you know, right now I'd say Oklahoma there. And then you also have uh, linebacker Blake Nicholson yeah. out of California. He's a guy I like a lot. I think a lot of people just kind of put it in there. Oh, he's from the West Coast. That it's just going to be a lock that he goes to. I don't think it's a lock. I think uh, watch out because this one to me is more 50-50. And even maybe some people feel you know, FSU's in a little better place. But I think he's going to decide late in July. I think FSU's a real player there. Now, will they win out? I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and tell you oh, they're, he definitely got to get that kid. But I think FSU is a major player. So that's certainly uh, one to watch down the line. And then two other guys, Tate Gadsden, he's a defensive tackle. Odell's been on him a long, he's a long time. He's a guy that uh, visited also officially in June. 
I like FSU's chances. I think FSU is going to land him. Already put in a forecast for FSU, and it, so you have that. And then on the offensive line, I think this kind of sets you up for what you want to do because you want to take three or four in this class, maybe five. Um, so I think uh, DJ Chester is the next one on my radar. A talented guard that worked out at FSU several times. I think I've. I'm close to putting in a forecast there for FSU. I like where they sit. I've, I've heard that you know FSU feels very confident as far as where they sit with DJ Chester. So that's kind of the next big name to watch at offensive line. He's another one like um, Lucas was a three-star. Now he's bumped up to four-star, probably going to be a top 100 kid. And I kind of sense the same thing with DJ. I was extremely impressed when I watched this guy at the league camp. I think he's going to be eventually a four-star and certainly uh, – a guy that FSU covets heavily. So those are some of the targets to kind of watch going forward. Great work as always, Michael. Be well, good sir. Good to talk to you, man. You too, bud. All right, take care. Michael take Langston, care. he is the recruiting analyst for Warchant.com, and uh, you can go read that story that I was referencing a moment ago. You talked about the Blake Nicholson kid. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think the reason that uh, he's the linebacker, that uh, he feels like they still have hope uh, despite him being a West Coast guy, is the fact that he did visit in June. He did come here. So he was here on the 17th. Um, if you go look at uh, the other names on that list, whether it be Washington or Oregon or a few others, those aren't places that he's, he's visited yet. There are position groups that we have concerns as uh, Noel fans or Noel media. Dude. There yeah. are concerns. This is not one of them, though. Now that you have Kearney and Simmons to anchor this offensive line recruiting class, mm-hmm. man, that is doing some things. Well, y- you know, it's funny. I see it in the chat, and, the, and people aren't wrong. Uh, you know, they're like, hey, can he recruit receivers too? Um, meaning Alex Atkins. Yeah, man, I'd put him on everybody. Uh, just give him lots of money and be like, yeah. go connect with everybody because you're our guy, man. He is the offensive coordinator he after is. all. He, he has a license to do that, so go for it. Yeah. Um, listen, when you retool the offensive and defensive lines, now you're talking to me. Now you're speaking my language. I get tired. Listen, I get it. We are all in love with the sexiness of a skill position player. Everybody wants to talk about a wide receiver or a running back, defensive back. They want to hear that a kid runs a 4-3. They want to know that, you know, all those things, all those numbers that wow us are present. But we also know that having those players, and there are a lot of those kinds of guys, uh, with the advent of 7-on-7 and all that other stuff, with with those kinds of guys being bountiful, at the end of the day, they're useless if you can't block. At, At the end of the day, if you can't stop the run, none of it matters either. Can't get the ball back. You get emasculated, you get exhausted. All these things that dictate whether or not you're able to utilize those sexy skill positions start and end in the trenches. You've got to win the line of scrimmage, and we can begin to talk about all that other stuff on quite literally on the periphery. You can do that then. So I don't get excited when I hear about a running back or a wide receiver. I don't. Now, even if they're great, I'm like, well, that's good. If we can't block, it's not going to matter. So when we're doing things like this, you're, you're talking to me. Now I'm getting excited because it changes what's possible. Yes, uh, I would agree with that. It's just with wide receivers specifically, you'd like to get a oh, guy. Believe like, me. A dude. Yes. Any receiver, of them. Our receivers suck. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. We definitely need to get receivers. And, you know, listen, I, I hate it. I've been brutally honest on the airwaves about this. Yep. It drives me nuts to have to rip Ron Dugans. 
I was in school here. I watched him play here. He's a Noel through and through. He loves Florida State. All of the things that we like about him as Knowles, we would, you know, you celebrate. But he's done a terrible job. And there's just no getting around that. A terrible job, period. Full stop. Yes. So you got you know, I, I'm with you. I'm just hoping that we, we get good enough to where we can garner some interest and make life a little easier for him. I think it's kind of a catch-22 here, Tom. You know, we've watched this happen, and we've watched this play out over the years at other programs within the state, too. When you get going bad, when you're going the wrong direction, and you're losing games, those guys don't look to you. They don't want to come here. They want to go play in a sexy offense that's putting up huge points and winning games. So it's the chicken or the egg thing. You can't even draw attention from those guys when you are what we are as of the last four years. Yeah. And at the same time, you need a guy who's able to kick down the door and break down those walls. That's why you're here. you got to find a way to connect and make it happen. Yeah, it's a footnote of every conversation that, you know, even when times are good like today or times are bad like there was yesterday, uh, you know, a quote that didn't look good for Florida State from a, a public relations standpoint, from a marketing standpoint. It, you know, Florida State stopped recruiting this kid or that kid. Yeah, yeah, the defense back. You know, that's not that's not a good look. But at the best of times and the worst of times for this particular season, you just got to win. Because you, you know, yeah, yeah, it, how yeah. are you going to hold this commitment till December? The only way you hold this commitment is if the coaching staff does enough that they're on solid ground, that everything's okay, that mm-hmm. you see progress. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how you close especially with a kid like this that you just got today, you've got to show it on the field. No matter what happens, good or bad, in July or August, it does not matter outside right. of a Duquesne loss if that were to happen. Oh, Which well, it, you you'd know. fire them all on the spot. Right, yes. And then you're starting over anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in July or August mm-hmm. matters. It's about September and what you do beyond there with the other 11 games starting September 1st. If you can win more than you lose by a decent clip, you're going to be in pretty good shape to close this December. Yeah, and that is the biggest thing. I, I that comes up to. I see people all the time out and about in this lovely community of ours, and they'll ask, "What's going on with this? What's going on with that?" And invariably, I say, "You're going to hate this answer. They got to win some damn games, man." Like the answer to the problems <laughs> that of which you speak are resolved when you win some games. But the good news is, if you want to look at the members of the staff that are pulling their weights. They're close to the football. Oh, yeah. You know, number one is Alex Atkins. Atkins is doing a good job now. Yeah, Alex Atkins is doing a good job there, yeah. Odell has done a pretty good job, yes. You might need to revisit on the field if Papuchas is in charge of special teams. We'll know in about a month (laughs) after the season starts. If that's not any better, we need to remove his responsibilities from special teams. But just his responsibilities from special teams, not his check. Not his check, right. That can clear for a little while longer. Mm -hmm. And Odell is doing great, as always. Yeah, yeah. And that looks like a, a group near the football defensive tackle that's going to be pretty well loaded for the next two or three seasons at minimum. At minimum. So if you're going to excel in an area right now for where this program is, I totally agree with you. It's got to be in the trenches. Well, you, you, you can just dictate terms at that point. You can run the football. You can obviously uh, create leverage uh, down a distance. You can do the things that give yourself a chance to succeed when you got to put it in the air. And that's an area where they've got to grow on a lot of levels. The receivers have to find a way to get open and get separation. They haven't had a lot of guys to do that. Maybe Michael Pittman changes the game this year. Uh, Winston Wright, we'll see how quickly he's able to get back on the field. If he is able to play early and not uh, midseason, but early in the season, well, that could change everything about what your receiving core looks like. Obviously, we, you know, we've talked and debated a little bit about the third and the fourth and the fifth guy, but you know, yeah. But then when they're up twenty-four to fourteen, they late third ball, quarter baby. against LSU. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that would be great. That would be great. We can all dare to dream. It's that time. <laughs> it's the month. It's the month to dare to dream. Jeff Cameron, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It's uh, great to be with you. And we were, we had, uh, we're not getting into the details, we had a, uh, a big work meeting this morning, and um, the only reason I bring it up is because it's, you know, you, you got to get organized. You got to, it's like I was telling you at the start of the show, make sure you're subscribed to all the podcasts, Jeff Cameron Show, Wake Up War Chant, some little headlines. Make sure you're obviously liking, subscribing here to the YouTube channel on Warchant TV. Uh, Got to get your ducks in a row. It's football season. Man. Yeah. The other way to do it, too, is to grab the app, which uh, I don't know if you folks out there know, Warchant has an app. And basically everywhere we are in the multimedia world is in one place. So instead of you going to That's YouTube the way to here, do it right there, yeah, yeah, it's the smart way to do it. So just grab our app. It's in your app store for all your phones or your tablets. Get you that Warchant app and get on it. Let's go. Hurry up. I mean it. Get, do it right now. Get that done. I'll wait. There we go. All right, there we go. So, you know, this week, and I, I don't worry, people. I'm not going to hard right turn on you because I know you get nervous. But we're at the home of golf for the British Open this week, buddy, for the Open. And it's at the old course, and I'm going to get downright emotional watching that thing because that is the last time that Tiger Woods will play St. Andrews competitively. You, you know that. Yeah, he might, you know, when they yeah, circle I mean, back sure. to the Jack thing where he takes the photos and all that stuff on a Friday yeah. when he's missing the cut by 15 yeah. shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, like, this will be it. This yeah, is it. Yeah. This is the last time. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, buddy. Big time. Big time. Now, there's that this week. It's a fun series this week for my Buckos who finally took a series from the Brewers. Uh, but we play the Marlins this week, so I've got bets everywhere. It's a lot of fun. But then the news to start this week this way, to talk about football in a, in a really positive light and to have a reason to do so, to have, you know, not just for fun projections of what we hope will happen, because everybody does that. Hope springs eternal in the offseason. Everybody wants to believe uh, before the start of a season, before they're given evidence to the contrary. They want to believe that things are going to be better. When you're in a cycle of butt-sorry play, which is what we've been in, you just want a reason to latch on and believe that things are going to be better. And maybe they will, maybe they won't from a record standpoint this year. They have to be for Mike Norvell's sake and for the recruiting's sake. But when you're looking at these commitments right now, as I talked about with Michael, the evidence that the NIL is in working order is very important because – all around the landscape of college football, it looks like, and it has looked like for some time, that Florida State was getting lapped. That Florida State was behind the times. It didn't matter if it was the on-field product. It didn't matter if we were discussing NIL or who we're aligned with, unfortunately, from a conference standpoint. It didn't matter if we were talking about certainly recruiting and the the, the, the efforts that this staff has has made but failed in in a lot of ways. Like, we were always talking about reactions to what's lacking for Florida State. Lately, we've been talking a lot about what's being righted, what seems to be, reaff reaffir you know, to me, reaffirmed that the commitment to football and the understanding that you've got to get your house in order to make it that much more desirable, meaning – Eyes on sets controlling, brands controlling the world of college football and what comes next. Put your best foot forward. Look, Florida State is, as a brand, 
and you've seen Michael Alford's tweet, and there's been a lot of other, you can read Sports Business Journal, you can find out where Florida State ranks financially, what their value is to the world of college football, most importantly, those numbers off of television and streaming and all of that. Florida State's a top 20 brand. It's an iconic brand, some might say, Tom. And that's great. But when you're toiling and you, you make, so I'll give you an example. It doesn't really have an impact on whether or not Florida State gets out of the ACC and gets picked up by the Big Ten or the SEC, but it bothers me still because it, it speaks to where we're at. I was listening to, I think it was Tony Kornheiser talking about, well, what's next in college football? And, and he and Will Baum were yelling at each other as they want to do. And I was walking past the television and it was on, and I stopped because they were talking college football. So if they're talking college football, I'm going to stop and listen. And they were reacting right on the heels of the USC-UCLA thing and what did it mean for the Big Ten. And then he said, well, you know, from here, and Tony's right about this, from here, the only thing that matters is what Notre Dame does. Which is correct, because all the dominoes fall after Notre Dame. If they stay in the ACC and they commit to the ACC for some reason, then all of a sudden the ACC is somewhat viable and ESPN will protect its asset and they'll do whatever they can and we're probably going nowhere, which I don't want. I don't want that, because long-term we need to be proactive and get the hell up out of here. But, yeah, that said, he proceeded to have a discussion about what other teams matter now. Who else would you care to hear from besides Notre Dame? And Wilbon said, well, you know, this team, this team, this team. And then Tony Kornheiser said, well, there are no other teams in the ACC worth looking at besides Clemson. I mean, there's no, there's no real commodities there that anybody cares about. I mean, who's, who's any good besides Clemson? I was like, you son of a bitch. And it hurt. It speared my – because that's how we're not omnipresent on the minds of right. college football fans. Now, that's dismissive and stupid on his part. Right, he's wrong. He's wrong. But the fact that it was willy-nilly thrown out there and agreed with and nodded, and it made me realize realize that in truth if you don't have a connection to Florida State and you don't care about Florida State and you're not a college football expert you're just Joe Blow who tunes in on some Saturdays here and there for the big game and you're kind of just like uh who's on the mind uh when I think college football well the, the teams that are winning those that's who's always on your mind who's winning well Alabama Ohio State Georgia you might be thinking of USC because of the LA thing now but you wouldn't be thinking of us and yeah, it stinks. It stinks. It hurts. Um, that that is that is troublesome. Uh, and what can you do about it? Well, you can win. You can win. Uh, you, you if you go and you win, it really doesn't matter whatever the perception is of any one individual. If you're winning, uh, then you're on the minds of those decision makers down the line that uh, obviously are looking to add brands and present themselves with the best possible television contract. Um, you know. The next go around with those negotiations. Yeah, the good news is that for him being wrong, it, there's verifiable evidence with you know the ratings of high-profile Florida State games. Right. You know, like we're no great shakes, and our reputation has already been in shambles for years. And yet, that game against Notre Dame rates really well. It's going to do the same thing this year for Florida State LSU. ESPN PR will be putting out all those numbers about. Oh yeah. You know this game versus last year's Sunday night game, and and you know all that stuff. If our numbers weren't like that. I'd be really worried. Really scared. Right about now. Because oh, no. that matters greatly. This is why, and I've brought this up before for a long time. When you have 40 years worth of cachet built up, it is not easily dismissed. You cannot. This is why these mega programs that have helped shape and create the picture, draw the picture of big time college football. 
we're one of those teams because of the Bobby Bowden run, because of the dynasty era, because of what we meant to college football and the way that Florida State impacted college football for a better part of 40 years. That doesn't go away with four bad years. And the evidence of that, the programs that have had massive amounts of cachet built up over long periods of time, the evidence of their ability to turn it around when it goes south, and invariably it goes south, is all around us. I use Oklahoma a lot because I have family ties to Oklahoma. But you can go through that stretch of play for Oklahoma that spans a better part of a decade before Bob Stoops gets there where they're playing musical chairs with the coaches and they can't find anybody. You know, I mean, at one point, Schnellenberger is there that people forget about. Uh, Blake is failing. I mean, everybody they, they hired failed, and everybody around the country was going, what has happened to Oklahoma? Well, it took the right guy to tap into that history, that fandom, that diehard commitment from the boosters with the right message, and within a, less than a handful of years, Oklahoma was once again the national power that they were for the better part of 60 years. And it's been true at most places that have fallen on hard times, if that cachet exists, because they're part of the larger fabric of the you know, college football blanket. Yeah, that's the thing here. Like you know, Having a brand like you're talking about allows you to climb, maybe skip a few rungs if you're down to get back to where you need to be, to get back into top 15 mm-hmm. status, then top 10, then championship. If you're a Michigan or, or a Florida State or a Texas or a Florida or whoever that, of that group, it's easier to get back. It's much easier. But the question for, that I have in this day and age now is, in the era of the NIL, is it actually faster? Because if you win, now your boosters or your mm. concerned parties who support NIL collectives, whatever they're called, <laughs> yeah. the collective members, are going to be forking over cash much faster. So that's not the only thing about, you know, if they can get to eight or nine wins this year, even seven to a degree, but eight wins. If you hit that mark, not only will recruits believe in you, but the people who cut the checks are going to believe in you on a grassroots level. So when your fan base is massive, and we have a massive fan base, we know that from our numbers, just, you know, obviously on War Chant TV, it wouldn't exist without a huge, passionate fan base. If you're sitting on November 1st and you're at seven wins already, I mean, what do you think is going to happen for a group like Rising Spear? And what does that do to impact your ability to close? Because what you're saying today about Simmons is that this tells us, if you're fending off USC and Tennessee and others, that your NIL presentation was robust. So you can at least do it for a guy or two. But what if you could do it for six? How would the storylines look from November 15th or Thanksgiving time to December 15th and signing day. How much better would it be? Well, I keep getting back to with the shift with the early signing. You you have got to start this season successfully. Three and one. If it's something along those lines, if that happens, you got a chance to flip it. If you don't, if you go two and two, one and three, you're dead in the water, man. And I, I, I hate to have to continue to say this, but at that point, the head coach is a dead man walking. And you're starting to survey yeah, the short landscape. of winning out or something like well, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you'd have to survey the landscape at this point. Like, who's the guy? Problem is, too, now's not the time to be looking for a coach. There is no can't miss out there. Like, look around. Like, you any era where teams are, you know, making changes. A lot of times, when that happens, you're like, oh well, so and so is available. That's a superstar on the rise. That's the guy we want to go get. This guy's perfect. He's of our ilk. This is there. 
Do that now. Look around. Oh, are there good coaches? There's always good coaches. Yeah. But the, the, the rock star PR fit that would make an immediate difference and change what recruits thought, he ain't out there. Like when Nick Saban landed at Alabama, it changed Alabama. Alabama was, a lot of people forget, just useless. It was a calamity of errors. They, nobody cared about Alabama. That's an oversimplification, but you know. And then Nick, well, I and mean, then Nick Tony got, Kornheiser wouldn't have brought them up. Right, Who matters? Yeah, right. So then Nick got there, and it changed everything. And obviously, it's rewritten history. But the, the no, point, but that's true because of my age. Alabama hardly mattered until I was about graduating college. Like that's the way they they won in the early '90s. But I was too young to really appreciate that. One of my first memories of college football is Florida State's national championship season in '93, and even that's really fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And Bama really wasn't great shakes in the '90s at all. And oh, then, no. well, they had the, you, you did have uh, the one Gene Stallings. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I was like five, right, so, so yeah. for my age group, right. Alabama oh, sorry, didn't yeah. matter until group, I was right. about graduating college, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like yeah. if I, if I told that to a kid right now who's at Florida State, they'd say, "What are you talking about? Yeah. They've mattered my whole life." Yeah. No, no, no. I, it, by and large, now I'm somebody who who certainly loves the history of college football. So I was well aware of Bear Bryant and all that other stuff and the built-in advantages that they had and all that. But for most of my life, Alabama was not an omnipresent focus for college football fans. I mean, you knew their history. You knew they had a passionate fan base, but they weren't in the picture. We weren't talking about them at the start of each season. We were talking about Florida State. Hell, from 88 on, we were talking about Florida State, Florida, and Miami. I mean, we, that always got brought up. And then you would talk about, and way back then, you'd talk about, man, probably the last time that you really got a chance to talk about them much was Notre Dame. Uh, and you'd, you'd talk about them, and you talked about, you know. Nebraska. Yes, it, Nebraska mattered greatly. Oklahoma mattered greatly. Then there's the run, obviously, later on with Southern Cal. But Alabama was not the talking point. They weren't. Um I guess my point is if you have cachet and the right guy comes in with the right PR fit and all that other stuff, it, it does work. You don't want to be searching for a coach, and you do not want to be starting over right now. You want your house in order. You want to be organized, committed, focused. You want to streamline this process for, for when the music stops, you're sitting in a chair. Yeah, that's the – I agree with all those points. It's just the experiment is let's just for a moment assume Florida State has a successful season. Like uh, enough – to where the fan base, 90% of it would say, good job. All right, we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Can you get back and close this year faster because of your NIL presence? Like It's just a new time. So this is a new variable to enter into the equation. Before it was, do you have a coach who knows some guys <laughs> and understands the game? <laughs> wink, wink. But now that the game is above board, could it just be that one f- passionate fan base can collect together in a collective even though it's not affiliated with the university no, whatsoever. Not at, all. not at all. And point some dollars the way that maybe you are doing the opposite thing on signing day than you were doing last year, which is saying, holy crap, not holy crap, we lost that guy. Holy crap, we got that guy and that guy. And for it to be above board, well, we could be the grand experiment. Final thing on this real quick. When you get a recruit like this and when you're starting to turn it around slowly and you need this start and you need a good season, they wanted to make changes to this coaching staff last year. They wanted to do some things that they were unable to get done. And without getting into too much detail, the bottom line is the thought process in college football amongst coaches currently is that barring evidence to the contrary, Mike Norvell is a short-termer. He is not a guy that is going to be here. That's not because he wants to leave. It's because he'll be asked to leave. 
That is where, if you're an assistant coach and Florida State calls, you say, thanks, appreciate the offer, no chance in hell. I'm not coming to Florida State so that you can be fired in a year and then I'm out of a job. I have a stable situation where I'm at. I'm well thought of to the point you're calling me, and I'm good. I mean, that's what happened with the receiver coach at Penn State. Why would he leave Franklin's staff at Penn State? They just extended him. <laughs> he, he ain't going anywhere. They're not firing him anytime soon. Right, and we'll call him again if we're in a better situation, and maybe he'll say yes at that point. That's the right. key. you got to win some damn games to get this thing going in the right direction because now when they pick up the phone, they don't think of you as a short-timer. Like, oh, that guy, he righted the ship. He made it. He came out the other side. You know what? I've always liked Mike. He lets his coaches coach. Right. Look he at what he's done for Atkins' career. Right. I mean, ooh. Correct. Look yeah. what he's done for a lot of guys, by the way. Then all of a sudden, Mike's reputation of being egoless and letting coaches do their damn job and giving them credit for it in the hopes that they go on to better themselves. That's his mantra. He believes that. you got to have a chance to have that affect who you can draw. But when you're losing games and you're thought maybe you're going to get fired, they nobody. They don't care what kind of guy you are. They, nice guy, no, but uh, yeah. uh, you know. I'm not out here trying to get fired. No, so that's yeah. They, that uh, there's so much that goes into the infrastructure, the stability of a program, and it's not just this player that says yes. It's not just the, it's all of this that we talk about needs to be righted and be in working order, uh, so that again. We're watching radical shifts in college football. But what's interesting is we all know it going into this season how critical it is. With Willie, it was a surprise that he was fired within two years. Mm-hmm. With Jimbo, it was out of nowhere. But with Mike, it's like everybody knows this year is the year. It's like, this is it, man. Got to pay it off. <laughs> <laughs> I can, hey, you know, it's got to be weird. And we'll, we'll get a chance to talk to him real soon over there in Charlotte. But I think if I'm Mike, man, I'm excited because the team is better. You got a chance to win the 50-50 games that prove whether or not you, you got this thing moving in the right direction. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with us. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. 